Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, 60 years ago, RTE broadcast the first ever chart show. The number one that week was She's Not You by Elvis Presley. Six decades later, though changed and perhaps slightly less relevant, the Irish Top 20 still exists. The writer Eamon Sweeney has been looking back at it for us. Afternoon, Eamon. Good afternoon, Sean. Was there, now, there was a... Uh, um, that was the first time it was an RTE. Was there a kind yeah. of an unofficial Top 20 before that? Yeah, there was. There was in kind of well, in response to the UK charts that started roughly ten years earlier, and obviously for people of a certain vintage, top of the pops was you know one of our coalescent cultural experiences. The Evening Herald of all places compiled an unofficial chart, and how they did it was quite interesting. They based it on they'd ring up the, the record labels and say, "So, what have you shipped out to the shops this week?" So, for example, okay, this was pre-62, so it wouldn't be the Beatles or the Stones, say Elvis mm. Presley or Chuck Berry. They'd say, well, we've sent out so many copies of this single by Elvis. So that would be Occupy the uh, the number one, two, three, so in, 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 in terms of orders. But this was not kind of inaccurate because it wasn't based on stock sold over the counter. So it wasn't technically the most popular uh, single or song in the country that week, the best-selling song. That came a bit later. When Imro, uh, or Irma, sorry, came along, the Irish Music Rights Association, and they commissioned a company um, called the Official Charts Company, pretty much mirroring and echoing exactly what was done in the UK and kind of repeating, um, you know, that exercise. Right. So would they take figures from all the shops in Ireland or just a selection of them? Um, they're meant to take all. Now, of course, we've all heard, you know, whether it be election fraud and <laughs> so on. Now, there are stories um, of, of some music managers knowing what shops yes. to go to and bulk buying particular singles. I was just about to come to that, Sean. Yeah. About a certain, <laughs> we say, quite well known. Yes, uh, let's not go any manager. further than that. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, there was stories of, say, managers, or indeed, shall we say, friends and family, mm. buying multiple copies and flinging them into the into the nearest river. I think that was one colourful anecdote I've heard over the years. <laughs> but <laughs> in all seriousness, though, I suppose, you know, getting back, you know, like, um, the charts, I suppose when I reached, I thought, you know, Top of the Pops was the bee's knees. So of a certain age, I worshipped the charts. And I would have listened to Larry Gogan on Sundays two, you know, our, mm. our own kind of equivalent. And, you know, then when stuff like The Cure and Pixies and Smiths and all that, the kind of the cool music came along and Nirvana, I didn't care what was in the charts. It was all about indie music and alternative music. But now looking back, and it was funny enough, I was kind of um, reviewing uh, Bill Whelan's current book out for this Christmas, The Road to Riverdance, and it got me, went, went down a bit of a chart rabbit hole that wasn't in the book incidentally it's just kind of you know researching in and around the phenomenon that was the 18 weeks at number one that Riverdance spent on the the top slot it really throws up all these really kind of interesting like for example in 1994 before that number one Mm. um, Bruce Springsteen had his only Irish number one which is which is mad with Streets of Philadelphia which is kind of a downbeat kind of tune is that from the movie yeah, exactly, yeah. from the movie. It's a brilliant song. Mm. He's never had a UK number one. So Born to Run, Dancing in the Dark, only went to number two. That was number one for five weeks. Then 
uh, enter the World Cup 1994 squad, right? <laughs> now, it was pretty forgettable. Watch your house for Ireland. I don't think any listeners were kind of going, oh, yeah, I remember that. It was Christy Dignam and the World Cup squad. And that was number one for a solitary week. One week, and then along came Bill Whelan and the Riverdance, Riverdance juggernaut. And then that just kind of held the top stop for 18 weeks. Um, oh, is that the longest ever? That's the longest ever, yeah. I think in the UK, it's um, obviously Brian Adams, anything I do, I do it for you. It seemed mm. like it was number one for about five years or something, but yeah. I think it was something like 15 weeks or something like that. I think it's been a number, about 10 weeks, the top spot here, so it wasn't quite as bad. So sometimes yes. the number one slot in Ireland, we've been a little bit more discerning. Yeah. Than our friends across the water. And sometimes not. <laughs> or different. Is it? Now, I mean, there is still a top 20. I assume now it's because, I don't know, can you even buy a single nowadays? Yeah. Is it just all downloads? It, pretty much. It's downloads and streams. And yes, you can buy singles, but singles now have become kind of like the, kind of like a, almost like a stocking filler for, for old men, you know? Kind yeah. Of like a record store day with seven inches and the 12 in, in singles. That's gone. Cassette singles, which would have been all the rage God, yeah. in the early 90s, especially kind of like Riverdance, I'd say, would have sold most of those units would, would have been true cassette singles. Um, like, it's, it's, it's done in this kind of an amalgamation of digital, really, of how that's, that's how music for the most part is consumed. The albums chart, there's more waiting on, you know, if you buy a CD or a vinyl copy of something, that's worth you know, much more, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, a good, 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 good few streams. Um, so it's, it's, it's still one of those things. I know we don't, okay, it doesn't come up, I think, in our day-to-day or weekly conversation. Oh, what's number one? Even amongst millennials. Yeah. Um, but if the charts were, you know, scrapped, it'd be one of those things being around forever and taken for granted. I think loads of people would be up in arms. Yes, they probably would. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so it's like the Angelus in that respect. Yeah. It doesn't really have any great function anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the, like, apparently this year is, uh, or this week, I should say, it's Taylor Swift is number one because uh, obviously yeah. she's just a new uh, a new album out. Is that worth any money to her? Or like, is it like ten? You'd have to ask Taylor Swift's accountant, yeah. but I doubt Taylor Swift's accountant is going, wow, we're number one in Ireland. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> I much doubt it. Like, it all adds up. Every little helps and all that. Yeah, um, but probably not like, a lot, I imagine. Like it's always been said, I've often sometimes, you know, um, sometimes heard, you know, from, let's say, colleagues in the, the, um, the, the British music industry and music press, once or twice make a slightly disparaging remark oh, how many copies does it take to go, go to number one in ireland Eamon? probably about what mm. 10 or something you know <laughs> because we are a smallish market especially yeah. compared to the uk yeah. or the us Eamon, thanks um, a million for uh, uh speaking with us today uh that was Eamon sweeney there uh the journalist moncrief brought to you by avant money think you're getting the best value from your bank think again weekdays at 2 p.m on news talk